The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Oranga. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, April 2nd. So many parents are concerned about their children with autism. Where will my child be when they are older? How will they be treated? I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Karen Carr. Karen Carr is a special educator, and she was the founding executive director of Larsh Wavecrest in Orange County, California. Larsh communities were founded by Jean Vanier, beginning in France, and Karen will share more details on these communities that include adults with challenges. But first, I'd like to share these words from some of the beautiful writings of Jean Vanier, this from his book, The Broken Body. So many of us flee from people crying out in pain, people who are broken. We hide in a world of distraction and pleasure or in things to do. We can even hide in various groups of prayer and spiritual exercises, not knowing that a light is shining in the poor, the weak, the lonely, and the oppressed. Or if we do not flee from suffering, perhaps we revolt in anger, and this, too, blinds us to the light of Jesus, glowing in people who are in pain. These pages are to tell you, my brother, my sister, not to run away from people who are in pain or who are broken, but to walk towards them, to touch them. Then you will find rising up within you the well of love springing from resurrection. In walking along this way, I have had to meet my own darkness and brokenness in the deeper knowledge that I am loved. And so, though I have had to let go of many dreams for our world and many illusions about myself, still I am growing in hope and trust in the light which shines in each person, believer or non-believer. Yes, in that broken child, a light is shining. In that man in prison, a heart is beating. In that woman, victim of prostitution, There is a yearning for life. In the rich and greedy person seeking power, there is a child of purity. In that young man dying of AIDS, there is the light of God. In every human person, no matter how broken, sinful, hardened, dominating, or cruel, there is a spring of water waiting to flow forth. If you walk with Jesus along this path, he will lead you to the poor, the weak, the lonely, and the oppressed, not with fear and despair, not with feelings of guilt and helplessness, not with anger and revolt, not with theories and preconceived solutions, but with a new and deeper peace and love and hope. And he will reveal to you the new meaning of pain and darkness, how joy springs from the wounds of brokenness. He will reveal to you that he is hidden in the poor, the weak, the lonely, 
and the oppressed. He will reveal to you the way to refine, rebuild, renew, and receive the relationship of gentle love and fidelity that is at the origin of all existence. It will be revealed as a tiny seed, but one from which can grow new life for the world. Let us walk together along this path with our sisters and brothers in this broken world of ours. Let us walk together along this path with Jesus and discover that it is a path of hope. Welcome, Karen Carr. Hello. Good morning. Karen, thank you for joining us today. Oh, I'm delighted that I could do this this morning. Let's start out by having you share with listeners what is L'Arche. L'Arche is an ecumenical community. It's an international organization um, where Jean Vanier took two men out of an institution to create a Christian family environment for them. It was started in 1964 in a little village called Trolley in France. And Jean Vanier, when he started, never dreamed that there would now be 140 communities in 40 um, countries all over the world. It was an irreversible decision that he made, but it has grown, and it is such a gift to so many people all over the world. And now there are communities in the United States in many different parts. Can you uh, tell us more about the founding philosophy of L'Arche? Yes, the philosophy is that people with disabilities have gifts to give to society. And so the philosophy is relationship, celebrating life. Um, each person, whether you are a person with a disability or a non-disabled person, has gifts to give. And so you're giving those gifts to society at large and to other people. You're creating that environment for them. You're welcoming them. And is there, uh, that's part of what makes L'Arche unique, is there more to what makes L'Arche unique? L'Arche is unique because at the foundation is forgiveness, forgiving each other, um, celebrating life. L'Arche is really big on having celebrations. In fact, you look to find an occasion at any time to have a celebration. Um, birthdays are very important. Also, relationships are very important. It's where people with disabilities live with non-disabled in a family environment. So if listeners have never read um, any of the writings of Jean Vanier, um, I encourage you to do so. Uh, I read to you earlier from The Broken Body, you might want to pick up Befriending the Stranger or Drawn into the Mystery of Jesus through the Gospel of John, and um, you will find a theme in Jean Vanier's work of relationships and community, and you can think about communion. Um, this is from uh, this short um, piece that I'm going to read you. It's from Living Gently in a Violent World uh, by Stanley Howarus and John Vanier, and this is in the introduction from Reverend John Swinton of Aberdeen, Scotland. It says, John Vanier founded the L'Arche Communities in 1964, initially by simply living with two people with profound intellectual disabilities. Since then, the L'Arche Communities, with their fundamental ethos of living with rather than doing for, have become an international network of communities in which people with intellectual disabilities live with people who do not share 
that life experience. They do not live together as carer and cared for, but as fellow human beings who share care and need. And that was something that I had noticed, Karen, um, a while ago, was that it wasn't a uh, a relationship of uh, an arrangement of like uh, clinician and client. Yes. Do you want to tell people about that? Yes. I um, went to a large community, and I'll share in a few minutes my story going to a large community, but it really was I was living with five other people with disabilities, and you're living as their people with disabilities are called core members at large because they're at the heart of the community, and staff are called assistants, so it's not really staff and clients, but you're really living together in a family environment, really um, sharing side by side, sharing the tasks that a normal family would do, um, doing activities together. Prayer is very important in L'Arche, so having times of prayer together is important. And what are the various challenges or conditions that core members have? Um, our home that we started here in Orange County called L'Arche Wavecrest is a high-functioning home. It's a level two. We have different levels here in the state of California. But people down syndrome, um, people with autism, people with um, other types of disabilities with mental challenges are all welcomed. One of our core members um, had some physical challenges also, but she also had some developmental delays. And let's have you share with our listeners more about the transformational relationships and uh, community that are involved with L'Arche. Um, L'Arche is community. It's walking together with others side by side. When I lived, when I first went to L'Arche in France, um, I realized that it really didn't matter to the core members, my credentials, where I came from, what I had done in the past. What really mattered was, are you here for me? Do you care about me? Um, will you be here for me? Will you walk with me? Will you um, do activities with me? And I really, and there, there was such an issue of trust and welcome. They are so welcoming. The core members just immediately welcomed me into their midst, and they really showed me God's unconditional love. Karen, uh, yes, in in these books that we've been reading from, uh, I'm going to go back now to Living Gently in a Violent World, and um, this, uh, this again from Reverend Swinton's introduction, and it says, This refusal to conform to societal norms has caused Harawas to see Larsh as a powerful exemplar of the community God gave us as a marker for our redemption, the Church. He views the large communities as witnesses to the reality that the Christian story is both true and livable. Uh, do you want to comment upon that? Yes, yes. Um, in the large communities, it is a community in many different um, large communities. There might be several houses. 
but together it makes up the community. Um, L'Arche really welcomes other people into that community to be a part of the community. Um, like I mentioned before, relationships are of utmost importance. Being there, being side by side, doing things together, doing simple tasks together, um, really giving to society what each person has to give in this world. Whether it's a small thing or whether it's a big thing, it doesn't matter, but that you're giving the gifts that you have. Um, each person in some way is broken, has brokenness. Each person has some type of disability, but in large it doesn't matter because we're here walking together side by side. And before we go to break, Swinton again quotes Hauerwas, and he says, Christianity is much more than an idea. Hauerwas says, rather, it is a bodily faith that must be seen to be believed. And Karen, you're saying that it's put into practice at large. Yes. Yes, it is. Prayer at large is very important. Also living um, our Christianity, sharing with each other, as I mentioned before, um, sharing our faith with each other. We're going to take a break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and during the break I encourage you to visit L-A-R-C-H-E-U-S-A.org and LarshWaveCrest, L-A-R-C-H-E-WaveCrest.org. We will be right back. Thank you to our sponsor, Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, providers of Healthful Camel's Milk, a whole food. You can go to the Autism One website and click on the camel if you'd like to try some. We'll be right back with Karen Carr. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. 
We are back with Karen Carr, who is a special educator, and she was the founding executive director of Larsh Wavecrest in Orange County, California. Before the break, we were uh, sharing from living gently in a violent world, and I'll kind of reiterate something that uh, Karen Carr was alluding to. It says, Larsh shows, as the church is called to show, that Christianity is true by demonstrating what community would look like if the gospel were true. Right? And uh, Karen, would you care to comment on that? Yes. Um, Christianity, the, I'll be speaking to do with our large community here in um, Orange County also, as well as other large communities. But there's many different ways to show Christianity to other people. Within our community, we have gatherings once a month, which is a time, it's a potluck. It's a time of prayer, a time of sharing. Each evening after dinner, there's a time of prayer together with other people or with people who have been invited to come to dinner. Um, There's also a time when they might offer services or volunteer, the core members and the assistants, to go to a food bank or to go to um, serve meals to the homeless. There's many different ways that they can be doing social justice activities as well as showing what true Christianity is in serving others and in giving to others. Well, thank you for letting letting us know about this. How does this uh, model help? the core members emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise? This model of with Christianity gives um, a faith and such a faith basis to the core members and the assistants. It gives them hope. It gives them encouragement. It gives them, um, even when there's times of difficulty or you're going through something difficult, it gives hope and it gives faith and their relationship with um, Jesus is very important. In our community, in many different communities, they're ecumenical with different Christian traditions. In India, there is a community where Muslims, Hindus, and Christians live together and pray together. Um, In our community, there are people of Catholic denominations as well as Protestant denominations. But it's living together, finding what's common, and serving um, Christ through their lives. I would assume that it would give comfort to parents of an adult with challenges to know that they were in a place where the assistants um, have uh, more of a gentle attitude. Yes, yes, it does. People, some of the parents, when we first started our large community here in Orange County, they specifically wanted their son or daughter in a faith-based community um, where assistants are there not because of the salary, but they're really there because they feel called by God to be there to live out um, their faith and to be there alongside living with, not doing for, the people with disabilities. Yes. I'm going to share a story, uh, Karen. You said you you mentioned about the various uh, conditions and levels of affect of individuals in large communities. 
And Jean Vanier also mentions individuals who are more profoundly affected than high-functioning. So here's, here's a brief story, and this is from Befriending the Stranger. Claudia came to Larche in Suyapa in Honduras from San Felipe Asylum. Blind and autistic, she had been abandoned as a child. During her first year in the Larche community, Casa Nazareth, she screamed a lot. Now she is more peaceful. She sets the table, works in the workshop. When I visited the community some time ago, I found her walking around in the yard, smiling and singing to herself. I asked her if I could ask her a question. See, si, yes, Juan, she replied. Claudia, why are you so happy? Dios, God, she replied. This young girl who had been abandoned, whom no one had wanted, had become a friend of God. Karen, how did you get involved with L'Arche? Please tell us about your experience in France, Jean Vanier, and L'Arche Wavecrest. In 1985, I was teaching in a school district in Whittier, California, and I was talking, another teacher and myself were talking to our psychologist, and he mentioned to the other teacher who was going to France, if you go to France, you have to go visit L'Arche in France. It's in very unique and very um, incredible. So he gave her a book by Jean Vanier and gave me a book by Jean Vanier. And little did I know, but a week later I went into our Catholic bookstore in Costa Mesa, and a friend of my stepmom's said, have you ever heard of L'Arche? And I said, a week ago I heard of L'Arche. And she said, Jean Vanier is coming to do a faith and sharing retreat in Kansas City, Missouri. I think you should think about going to it. And Jean Vanier has started three different organizations. One is large communities, like what I lived in. Another is Faith and Sharing, which is a group of people with disabilities, non-disabled, that meet to plan retreats. And another is Faith and Light, which is a group of people with disabilities and parents, like a support group that meet once a month. So he was coming to give a faith and sharing retreat. This was in 1985. So I called up the person who was in charge of the retreat, Sister Christella, and I said, I really think I'm supposed to come. Can I come? And little did I know that there would be a group of people from Orange County coming to this retreat. So I went to the retreat. It was a life-changing week for me. I think I cried a lot. There were 300 people at this retreat, and Jean Vanier was a speaker. His presence was incredible. He spoke a couple times a day. We had small groups. Um, one day I decided to knock on the door of my neighbor. We stayed in dorms, and um, I knocked on her door and said, Hello, my name is Karen, and she introduced herself. And she was from Orange County, California. And there had been a group of people praying for since the early 1980s for a large community to be here in Southern California, in Orange County. So I met with those people. And at the end of the retreat, I was able to speak with Jean Vanier for about 15 minutes. And what he said really became prophetic. He said, you wait, because I said... I really believe that God is calling me to L'Arche. What do I do? 
And he said, you wait for God to bring people to you of like mind or bring you to people of like mind. So I went back home and had wanted to go overseas for many years to use my French that I had taken in school. Went back home, then wrote him and said, I really think I want to come to a large community. And for me, a large community, it was important that there was one that was spiritual, one that was in the city, because I'm a city girl, and also one that um, the people with disabilities, the core members, would be integrated into society. So he kept on talking about Compiègne, which is in France, an hour northeast of Paris. So I wrote, they said, come. I took a year's leave of absence from my teaching job, went to the community in France, um, took a second year's leave, and then quit my teaching job and ended up staying for five years in the community in France. But every time I came back to the States, to California, I would do presentations about L'Arche. Anyone who would listen to me, I would talk about L'Arche because it was so wonderful and such a gift to society and to the world. So at the end of the five years, I decided to take a leave of absence, come back to here in Orange County, and see where God was calling me. After being back a couple months, it was evident that God was calling me back with the vision and dream to start a large community here in Orange County. It took us 12 years because of um, licensing, because of being um, large at that time was one zone, the U.S. zone, and also the Canadian zone, and they were just separating into two zones, so they weren't ready to look at new projects. So there were many factors why it took so long, but there was a group and myself that just continued to persevere, continued to keep on working on this. We met, we started with four people in a little prayer group and prayed every month. And then we began to meet and we began to have meetings. The regional coordinator at that time um, came down. We became a nonprofit organization. Um, he came down. We started to have more gatherings, more times of meeting. And then in 2001, Jean Vanier came to do a youth retreat at Concordia University in Irvine. And at that time, we were named an official project of L'Arche, and we got our official um, board of directors. And then we rented a home in 2003 in Fullerton, and two assistants we found, or the two assistants really found us through L'Arche USA. And then in July 2004, three core members moved into our home. We rented a home in Fullerton and with the two assistants. And then after that, the owner of the house came to me and said, we're going to, you're going to have to move. We need to sell this house. And I went back to the board of directors because I was the coordinator and, and the director. Went back to the board of directors and said, what are we going to do? And one of the board members said, I think we should use it as an opportunity to fundraise and get a down payment for a house and buy a house. So within a three-month period, we raised a considerable amount of money for a down payment. 
and found a house in Orange and bought that house, um, put down the down payment, and bought that house and then remodeled it because we wanted to welcome two more core members and another assistant. So um, we've had five core members and three assistants living in that house. It's now an eight-bedroom house. And it is... I'm sorry. I was just going to say it is such a gift. Um, We are the only large community in all of the Southwest. We hope in the future to have more communities in California. And we're going to talk more about Larsh Wavecrest and how people maybe it'll be helpful to uh, the the dream that Karen is sharing when we come back from break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Humpback Dairies. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are with Karen Carr, who is a special educator, and she was the founding executive director of Larsh Wavecrest in Orange County, California. Before the break, Karen, you were sharing your experience and in France and your calling, and it reminded me of, um, you know, Jesus calling those to um, put down their net and and follow him. Mm. And you mentioned life-changing, and in reading that I've done of Jean Vanier's, words of Jean Vanier have uh, resonated, and I would think that it's because of the words being imbued with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. 
it is um, to do with the Holy Spirit and also being at L'Arche is life-changing. You really can't, even the assistants. Um, I know I've seen assistants who come even just for a month period to volunteer, and they leave a different person. The core members touch your heart and really, as I mentioned before, showed me God's love. And for me, I felt like I received, at the time that I was in France, I received so much more than I gave. Um, you know, it's your life. It's um, full-time, but it's such a gift. It's a gift to your life. I know our house here in Orange, um, the people with disabilities go to work during the day as well as they go to a special ed fine arts school, and they really feel fulfilled. There's many different activities. Some of the core members are involved in a basketball team called Hoop Stars. Um, they have many different things that they do each day, and... Again, the assistants are living with versus doing for. I mean, there are certain things definitely that we're there to do for the core members, but it really is, it's a way of life. It's just not, it, it's not a job. It's a way of life. The and it's real, yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The, the paradigm shift, the change in thinking is that, those with challenges have something to teach you. They have something to teach us. Yes? Yes. Oh, yes. The core members have so much to teach us. So much. I know, um, again, when I was in France, I play the guitar and sing. And so at times we would just sit down and have times of singing. Some core members might not move as quickly as other core members, but it really teaches you to slow down. It really taught me a lot about um, it, what's important in life, the little moments that are important. When I would go with one of the core members, Jasmine, she loved to get a 7-Up sometimes at a cafe, and we would just go and sit and spend time. The core members here in the house in Orange, when we would walk to the circle or we would go to the circle in Orange and go and have lunch at one of the cafes or one of the restaurants, it was just taking time to be, taking time to slow down and enjoy each other and the relationships that we have. Each person, no matter who they are, when they come and when they volunteer or the assistants that live with the core members, um, are changed. I've been greatly changed. My life um, has been changed so much by L'Arche and by L'Arche in my life. I'm not the same person that I was many years ago. And I give thanks for all that I've received and all that I've been able to give also. You mentioned slowing down and that reminded me of a, par a paragraph in The Broken Body by Jean Vanier that says, television can show us other pictures, flashing, changing, thrilling, colorful pictures, pictures that are seductive, exciting, wild, passionate emotions, but they are only pictures on a screen. 
as we look at them, we cannot be really present to people Mm -hmm. as one person to another, sharing or listening to one another, for there is no relationship, compassion, or communion. They are only pictures that tend to isolate us even more in a world of dreams. And um, in his book, Drawn into the Mystery of Jesus through the Gospel of John, um, which um, I have here, and um, to some, to a certain extent, looks like a book surrounding a post-it notepad, you know, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because of so many pages marked. Uh, There are, there's information about how uh, we can be taught and uh, what we can learn. Um, so, Karen, tell us more about Jean Venier and Lars Wavecrest. Um, Jean Venier is now in his 80s. He still lives in Trolleybroi. He has a home in Trolleybroi. He doesn't travel outside of Europe like he was doing, but... Um, He's just an incredible, very, very humble man who, when you go and you meet with him and talk with him, he has incredible words of wisdom. But he's lived with the people with disabilities. He's part of one of the homes there in Larsh, in Trolley, and he goes and he has meals with them. He um, goes and spends time with them. They're his friends. They're his family. Um, they're important to him. He, um, when he came for the retreat in 2001, he was able to meet with our board of directors. He was able to, able to meet some of our potential core members. Um, and we were so excited because he really um, blessed. He didn't, hasn't, wasn't able to see our house because we didn't have it at that time. But um, different ones were able to meet him. He just has such um, so much hope, so much to give other people. And Larsh Wavecrest, we really we live in an incredible neighborhood. When we first arrived, we went and knocked on the neighbors' doors, and we had a kind of like a, a open house where people could come and visit. And many, many of the neighbors came, and still to this day, we're very involved with the neighbors. Um, one of the neighbors loves to come and bring vegetables to the home. Um, one of the core members was walking um, his dog. There's just a lot of relationship in that neighborhood. And being um, in Orange County, as I mentioned, we hope in time to have another home. What's ideal is to have at least two homes not far from each other, but that they could be where the core members and assistants could get together on a regular basis. We have um, monthly gatherings on the third Saturday of the month from 12 to 2. Every month we have a gathering which is a potluck and then a time of prayer and a presentation. And those are welcome and open to anyone and everyone who wants to come. Would you say um, that religion is born out in relationships? In fact, that it's not a religion. It's a relationship 
to have communion with God. Yeah. It's not just that we, in an isolated manner, pray to God, but that we have uh, we have relationships that bear out uh, that relationship with God. Yes. Yes. I wanted to give an example of one of our prayer times. I was over um, the other night for dinner at the house, and we had a prayer time afterwards, and it was so beautiful. Um, It was really where each person was asked to draw or to paint, but their vision, their um, goals, their prayers for other people, and it was incredible. Then after the time of drawing, or painting a picture, each person described their drawing or their picture. And then we ended with our father at the end. And it was a very holy, beautiful time together. So does the quality of our communion with God involve our quality of communion with others? Yes. Yes, the relationship is so important. And in having the relationship with other people's you're living out that relationship with God, because God is in the center of those relationships. Now, Jean Vanier himself cast down his net. He had a promising career ahead of him, and he followed this path. Yes, yes. Jean Vanier's father was governor general in Canada, and he comes from a very aristocratic family. He has a sister who's a doctor who's in England, and then he also has a brother who is a Benedictine priest. And he, he was really rising the ladder. He had been in the Navy, Jean Vanier, but Father Thomas, Père Thomas, invited him to come to France to help him with, uh, it was really an institution in the beginning with 30 men. But Jean Vanier developed a relationship with them, and little by little he saw that God was calling him to this call to do with people with disabilities. And that's when he took the two men out of an institution to create a Christian family environment for them. We're going to skip the the last break. I'm just going to share something that happened recently. I've been um, talking to a doctor uh, who I interviewed on this show not too long ago. And, uh, you know, how how often in the world do you necessarily hear people talking about Jean Vanier? And this doctor had been on a plane going on a trip. Uh, there were three planes involved, and Jean Vanier was on one of the other planes oh. for this project. And... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, mm. that's just uh, one of the things that makes you take notice, one of those quote-unquote coincidences. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you please share with us how people can get involved or contact Larsh, what the locations are, what kind of uh, volunteer opportunities there are, can students be interns, um, any uh funding concerns, things like that? Yes, we are funded partially through the state. We are vendored and licensed in the state of California, but the majority of our budget we have to fundraise by doing fundraisers, appeal letters, um, donations, 
And so we welcome any donations, um, any time, and many different people. In fact, I want to give the ad, the P.O. box that we have, and it's Lars Wavecrest, P.O. Box 4789, Orange, California, 92863. The phone number, our director is Jim Dempsey. The phone number of the office is 714-923-1221. And our website, which you can go on and also give donations that way, is www.larche.com. L-A-R-C-H-E W-A-V-E-C-R-E-S-T dot org. There's also many ways that people can volunteer. In fact, we are near Chapman College, Chapman University, and just um, there's a few board members who are professors there at Chapman University. And so some of the students have started to come and volunteer. It's volunteering by maybe helping cook a meal, by maybe spending time with the core members, by doing gardening, by um, there's many different ways of volunteering. Um, you can be in touch with Jim, and then he would put you in touch with our house leader, Robin. But um, it's just an incredible, incredible experience to be able to do that. You don't have to be nearby to volunteer, right? Um, Robin was in uh, was at the Midwest or the Great Lakes yes, region. Minnesota. Did she also put down her net and fly across the country? Yes, yes. So you don't have to be right nearby. You can find out about us through our website as well as through the Larsh USA website because there are about 16 communities. There are several projects um, in the U.S. now, and we are you know, one of the communities. And as I mentioned, we're the only one in the Southwest. But you could be. We've had an assistant who um, came from Tennessee. We've had someone who came from Wisconsin. And assistants come for various periods of time, too. We really welcome. It's good if they can stay for a year or even more that someone, you know, but that people feel called to be here. We had an assistant from Chicago. So the people do come from all different places for different reasons, but you just fall in love with L'Arche and with the core members and your life, living with them and sharing your life with them. Now, maybe I should have asked this earlier, Karen, but our listeners may not know what L'Arche means. L'Arche means the ark like Noah and the Ark in French. And Lars Wavecrest, Wavecrest, the name Wavecrest, a friend of mine, um, when I went to travel to one of the Lars communities in Seattle, was reading and praying and reading her Bible and saw the scripture to do with um, the waves rolling over us, and it mentioned Wavecrest. So that's where our name Wavecrest came from. And we're also, we're not far from the beach. So um, that's where our name comes from. So Karen, is there anything else that you'd like to mention? I know we've 
uh, talked about um, several books during the course of this program, and I know that The Broken Body, Drawn into the Mystery of Jesus through the Gospel of John, Befriending the Stranger, Living Gently in a Violent World, and um, I have here Community and Growth by Jean Vanier. These can be obtained through Amazon. Are there other, is there other contact information that you'd like to give or ways to obtain uh, these resources? Yes, you can also call, I don't have the number in front of me, but you can call Paulus Press Catholic Bookstore in Costa Mesa. You could find the number by Googling it, and they also will order any of those books for you. One of the books that's been very helpful helpful for me is The Community and Growth, and also Brokenness in Community, which is a very short book. Also, Jean Vanier has written a book called Treasures of the Heart, and it's an incredible kind of daily meditation book that has different themes in it, and you would have to special order it, order it through Paulus Press. But all of those books are wonderful reading. Also, um, I didn't mention, but books by Henry Nowen, um, N-O-U-W-E-N. He was a Catholic priest in the Larsh community in Canada in Daybreak. And he also, you can find books. His first name is H-E-N-R-I, Henry Nowen. And the addresses that Karen uh, shared with us earlier, Larsh, L-A-R-C-H-E. When you're writing it out on an envelope, you can write L apostrophe A-R-C-H-E. You wouldn't do that in a, an Internet uh, a website address, but L-A-R-C-H-E, Wave Crest, P.O. Box, Four seven eight nine Orange California nine two eight six three telephone number seven one four nine two three one two two one and uh, the websites are large with no apostrophe l a r c h e wavecrest all one word dot org or large usa dot org Karen would you like to give us any closing remarks or take home messages um. Just that each person and the ones who are listening today, just as a reminder that your life is very important too, that you make a difference in this world, and that together we can walk together in communion. We can walk together um, sharing with each other. Well, Karen, thank you for being on today and sharing the inspiration and information about L'Arche with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, don't forget to register for Autism One at www.autismone.org. Thank you to this program's sponsor, Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri, providers of healthful camel's milk, a whole food, Go to www.autismone.org and click on the camel. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.